damn it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Pretty frightening, but you know the chances are so small. Stuck by beasting, nothing but a bee thing. Better chance you're gonna buy it at the mall. But it's a 23 or 4 to 1 that you can fall in love by the end of this song. So get up, get up, tell the book you put a bit. Hey everybody, it's Wrestling Life. It's episode 189. It is the third week of February 2019. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about. I mean, I know that's what we say every week, but we really don't have a ton to talk about this week. That is accurate. But for tradition's sake, let me just say, and so much we can't talk about. It was nice of WWE to have us in mind when they were trying to lighten our schedule this week by mailing in uh, their (laughs) their Monday and Tuesday television shows this week. Uh, We do have the Elimination Chamber that we can discuss, and I guess we'll touch on monday and tuesday's television this week but there really isn't a whole lot to touch on there so the illumination chamber big picture did you like the show i honestly can't remember if i did or not (laughs) i thought there was things on it that were really good um and i liked that it ended at like 10 18 instead of at 11 25 that was crazy i could not believe that I mean, I was thrilled, but I could not believe that they went off the air when they did. It was awesome. And that, and that was with the, like, 25 minutes between the Braun match and the uh, and the main event. Ugh. We'll get to that Braun match in a second. Pre-show match was Buddy Murphy and Akira Tozawa, and I thought they had a great match. Yeah. Um, I don't... Obviously, we've, we've mentioned this before. We don't watch a lot of 205 Live. Every time I see Buddy Murphy, I think... This guy is a great athlete. He has watched a lot of Kenny Omega matches. And he's there's no reason that you couldn't give him a match. And if the issue is that he can't talk, no reason you couldn't give him a manager and he couldn't be a guy on one of the main shows. He's He's got to be bigger than a lot of the roster. Brian, AJ, Finn. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I don't think his physique passes the, the smell test, but what do I well, know? Speaking of Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah, I saw a photo shoot this week with the Bucks and Omega, and I was like, how do you have low enough body, body fat percentage to have visible abs and like veins in your arms that are visible and clear definition between your biceps and your triceps and your arms, and yet you still have a gut? Like, yeah. I don't... It's weird. Yeah, I remember that... Uh, like, a probably... A, almost two years ago now, he did a match where he came out dressed as Jasmine from Aladdin, and he had, like, a crop top on. And I was like, <laughs> huh, weird that he uh, is in such great shape but also has a little bit of a belly. Interesting. It's really weird. All right, back to the Elimination Chamber. Hey, uh, Liam, you know what time it is? Uh, what? T- oh, okay. It's boss time. And now. It's boss time. 
Well, despite my feelings about the Boston Hug connection, both the name and the fact that I think it's a waste of two excellent singles wrestlers, uh-huh. I am pleased that the Boston Hug connection, or the first, or like actually the second ever, but whatever, the first ever WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, or as Bailey said on Raw, the first ever WWE Tag Team Champions. Oof. They, I thought that match was better than it had any right being. Um, I'm thrilled that uh, two of my favorites won the titles. It means a lot to them, clearly. clearly. And uh, you could go on about how uh, you shouldn't be a mark, and this business is about making money. But uh, I... Brother. Exactly. But I, I can appreciate that. You know, these... The, these ladies, they set a lot of goals and they achieve a lot of them. And that's cool. And, you know, so, hey, my, my faves were happy that I was happy. It, it was great. What do you think of the Elimination Chamber match? Uh, well, first of all, I think that's that's the end of all. Uh, that's the end of boss time. Hey, wait. That was boss time. But seriously, um, no, I thought I thought the opening it was uh, it wasn't great overall, um, but it was there was a lot of stuff in it that I enjoyed. I think as we discussed last week, it was smart of them to put Sonya and Mandy in there with Sasha and Bailey the longest because those were definitely I thought the two the other two uh, you know things resembling a good worker in the match. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially after Peyton Royce did a senton and just landed on Bailey's face, and I don't know, Nia Jackson, Tamina were in there, and uh, and then uh, <laughs> Team in the News <laughs> was uh, eliminated first, of course. So yeah, yeah, they got Naomi and Carmella out of there pretty quick, not as quick as I expected. Actually, <laughs> I I thought it was going to be like flash pin right away. But yeah, they want to do a couple moves first. They did, they did, and I don't know. Do you want to gloat at all about Graves' personal life crumbling in front of the world on social media this past weekend? Nah, nah. I think I think whatever Corey Graves is going through is probably enough of a punishment. <laughs> all right, yeah. I I thought the Riot Squad was already in that match. Yeah, they were fine. Mandy and Sonya were pretty good. Billy and Sasha were obviously the best workers in the match. They're pretty good. I don't know if the thing needs to go 33 minutes, but. I mean, it's kind of built in with those intervals that yeah. it has to go a certain amount. So I, they did their best, I thought. And it certainly wasn't a fiasco. Um, it, it was nowhere near the worst chamber match I've ever seen. So, yeah, I thought it was fine. And as you mentioned, they got you get the big happy ending. And, you know, for the rest of time, whether they are actually or not, WWE will refer to them as the first ever women's tag champs. So yeah, it's a little piece of history. The uh, the Usos beat Miz and Shane McMahon. I sure I, did. I, I never did get to see this match. I was like went and got popcorn or something during the match on the pay-per-view and I never caught a replay. Uh, well, uh... Let me just let, let you know, Antifa Super Soldier, Jimmy Uso, fresh off of his cop fight, uh, 
pinned the Miz clean in the middle of the ring. Um, and Shane looked really old and bad, and Miz also looked very bad. Um, but the Usos looked good, and then they won. So the better team won. Like, I know, you know, supposedly they're going to be free agents soon, and they haven't re-signed with WWE, and everybody just assumes that everybody's going to AEW at this point. But if you're part of that Samoan dynasty, like, I just don't feel like you'll ever leave WWE. I don't know. I mean, they don't... Again, I've said this with you know quite a few people. They just need to make WWE think that they might leave, right? I think they they should probably actually quit, though. Like, I, probably. I, I think they should probably leave. I mean, there's not a lot left to do, right? They've cleaned out the tag division about three times over. I mean, we're just going to see them wrestle the bar in a new day until we die. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, I mean, I guess you can move them over to Raw, and then they can wrestle the Revival and whoever a hundred times instead, but... You know what? I just had a flashback to that horrible Elimination Chamber tag team match where like Dolph Ziggler was in there yelling spots on that n- network yeah, special. Yeah, so it was a match where the Ryback won the Intercontinental title. <laughs> what? What was that all about? Uh, I remember they threw somebody into a pod that Mark Henry was standing in, and the glass just sort of fell out of it. Yeah, and <laughs> and the ref tried to tell Mark Henry not to get out of his pod even though there was no glass in it. Yeah. And he just kind of stood there for a second, and then he was like, no, I look like an idiot if I don't get out of the pod. <laughs> so he got out of the pod. And then they didn't know what to do, because Mark Henry wasn't supposed to be in the match yet. So they just stood there, and Dolph <laughs> shouted spots at the top of his lungs. <laughs> Big fan of Mark Henry after that uh, network special on him this I was week. tremendous. Absolutely yeah. great. That was great stuff, yeah. Definitely go out of your way to see it if you uh, if you haven't yet. And speaking of the Intercontinental Championship, Finn Balor <laughs> pinned Bob Lashley's manager, who then Lashley broke up with, but got back together with the next night with no, zero explanation. Yeah. I think Michael Cole said, quote, they made up. <laughs> mm. Maybe there was, was there some, I don't even think there was like a dot com segment or something. If there was, I missed it. Yeah, they just they were just back together after I mean Bob didn't just like leave him hanging, he beat him up after the match. Well, uh, we'll, we'll power hang on. Let's power through the rest of this elimination chamber and then we'll come back to that cuz there's there's plenty to touch on related to that on Monday Night Raw this week. Fair enough. Uh Ronda beat Ruby Riot in a minute 40. I don't know why they bothered. <laughs> <laughs> they they did a longer match the next night that was good. Uh this was a, a backdrop for a really cool Ronda Charlotte Becky angle. I don't know. Do you think the angle is hot? Um, I mean, everything involving Becky is over right now. Yeah. But I didn't think this in a vacuum was particularly good now. All right. It just, I don't, I don't know why they, they had to do it, but. Well, and also maybe it would have been a little better, but they also showed footage of Charlotte beating uh, Becky's ass the night before at a house show. Yes. And then uh, Becky comes out limping, but then she just stopped. And I I didn't quite understand if the idea was like she was, Becky was like playing possum and her knee actually wasn't more injured because then she just stops limping and starts beating the crap out of Charlotte with a crutch. 
Um, and you think she, the, the if the announcers were clued in, the announcers could tell us. But either they weren't clued in, which is bad, or they were clued in and they were too busy talking about French fries or whatever. To sure, sure. Um, and then and then yeah, she and then I mean, like I said, crowd was into it, and you know it's still going to be the main event and the match that I think a lot of people are going to be most excited about. So it wasn't bad by any means, but I just. Compared to some of the other stuff they've done, I didn't think this was this was particularly great. She did a try to. <laughs> Charlotte was all bruised up. Her arm was very like discolored, and then uh, Ronda got just busted open real bad off those crutch shots. So she was she was uh, swinging for the fences. Ronda did not have a good couple of days when it comes to protecting herself in the ring <laughs> that's true and to be fair becky was trying very hard to hit her in the back or the side yeah and Rhonda is flopping around <laughs> and keeps like angling her head towards it kind of <laughs> remind me of when remember when paul Heyman turned on punk in the ladder match yes and he threw the ladder at punk and punk like leaned his head into it so yes. that it would bust him open yes i've always assumed that was on purpose i don't i'm sure you know, yeah. Why else would you do something so stupid? Yes. So I, maybe that's what Ron, maybe Ronda wanted to bleed. Who knows? Because otherwise, I don't understand why she was leaning her head into all the shots like that. But <laughs> Becky was trying very hard to not hit her in the head, and Ronda kept leaning her head into it. Baron Corby beat Braun Strowman in an ODQ match. They did add a stip to this match, which. When we recorded last week, it was just a singles match. <laughs> uh, but they added a step. Drew McIntyre and Robert Lashley ran in to help Corbin. It seemed like they were like the new League of Nations or something. And then the Team next night. Beef. That's what they were. <laughs> I like I like the name that you've bestowed upon them. However, you may not get to use it a whole lot because the next night on Raw, it was just as if it never happened. Correct. And Stroman just beat Corbin. Like in the opener on Raw. <laughs> Didn't make a lick of sense. I thought this was really bad and it made me angry. Yeah, I mean what's like what's the stuff people like about Braun Strowman? Just humor me here. He's he's pretty uh invincible. Oh, I thought you were just gonna say pretty. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh he's very large. Yes. He's very quick. Mm-hmm. Uh he's impervious to most pain. Do you I've think people like watching him sell for long periods of time? No, I think they see him like seeing him like tear ambulances apart and hmm. knock pull over cranes and <laughs> stop bullets with his bare hands. I don't know. Would you would you then say that perhaps making him sell for long periods of time, both in the match on the the Elimination Chamber show and the next night in the match with Corbin, is in fact highlighting a weakness of his and not uh, adhering to his strengths as a performer. I, I would agree with that statement. Okay. Just, just checking. Just want to make sure that's not just me. They just book everybody the same. They're like, oh, baby faces have to sell. But you he's a get... giant. They're usually I know. Good about giants. I know. They screwed up Bill Goldberg 15, 16 years ago because they decided he had to learn how to work their main event style and work 20 minute main events with triple H. <laughs> like, yeah. They like, sent big show to OVW in like 2002. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like Big Show kind of deserves whatever he gets in this life, but <laughs> what do I know? Because he refuses to say no to anything. I don't think he has a reputation of being the hardest worker in the world. Yeah, and but- if you sign a guy to a huge guarantee and you think he's mailing it in, then, hey, you know. Oh, he wasn't doing his best when he was asked to go out and be the showster. I don't know, man. I, I'm. I I think it okay. This is a this is a conversation for a different day. This is not my hill. This is not a hill I want to die on. <laughs> All right, fair enough. If, if you don't think Big Show should have been sent to OVW, fine, I agree. <laughs> Point being, uh, back to the think, task at hand. Braun Strowman don't think people like watching him sell. Definitely don't think people watching himself or Baron Corbin, who is not very good. And uh, this actually, since we have a little time, can I get on my soapbox for a minute here? Please do. You know who's a great heel wrestler in the WWE right now, Ethan? No, who? Shayna Baszler. You know why she's a great heel? Why is that? She doesn't do a single thing that makes anybody want to cheer her. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's also not boring. Mm-hmm. You can do both. Mm-hmm. You can work a you know a ground based style. You can ground the baby face and work them over and pick a body part and work that over, and also not be boring. Baron Corbin doesn't know how to do that. Most wrestlers, Bob Lashley can't do that. Most wrestlers in WWE can't do that. But you know who can do that? Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler is not getting the credit she deserves for how freaking good she is, especially on this run as champion. Just wanted to, as an aside, and also that nobody, no heels in WWE know how to get, know how to be not boring when they when they're getting the heat. All right, that's fair. Baron Corbin sucks, and I was angry. Uh, Daniel Bryan retained the WWE title in the main event of Elimination Chamber. That he jobbed Kofi Kingston in a tag match on SmackDown this week, and he's defending against Kofi at Fastlane. Poor Mustafa Ali, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows if the people would have taken to it. Sure. By the way, it, it was it was what we said on the show last week. Mustafa got hurt. They pulled, they just pulled him out of the match because he got hurt, and then plugged Kofi in, didn't they change any of the one booking. name on their whiteboard <laughs> and penciled the other one in. Yeah, so who knows if the people would have taken it to Ali. I think they would have just because he's really good. Yeah. Uh, he's he's better than Kofi. Like, I don't know that... Obviously, he doesn't have, you know, the decade plus or whatever of equity built up with the fans. Sure. That Kofi has. Um, but, yeah. It sucks to be him. So what did you think of the chamber match? I thought it was great. Uh, oh, the start of the match... Boy, when those are those former ROH boys get together, somebody's chest getting just somebody's chest is gonna bleed every time. Yeah, Brian's chest still looked like uh, hamburger on SmackDown this week. Yeah, Joe's Joe's was pretty cut up too. Like it was a uh, they there's a chop fest. Yeah, it's just a bunch of really good workers were in that match, so it couldn't it couldn't not be good. I mean, they kept AJ pre limited. I don't know if that's because he's still banged up or what, but. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really, really good match, and they told a really good story, and you had the underdog at the end, Kofi, 10 years too late, gets to pin Randy Orton clean with his <laughs> kick, and then uh, and then he goes one-on-one with Brian for a while. The only thing I will say 
based on what they are doing at Fastlane and what they did last week, I wish Brian had not kicked out of the Trouble in Paradise kick. Yeah. Because last week, Kofi pinned him clean with the kick. This week on SmackDown, pinned him clean with the kick again. So if you don't do that spot in Elimination Chamber, you have a very easy story to tell, which is Kofi hits that kick. Brian ain't kicking out. That title's his. All he's got to do is hit that kick. And then you build the entire match around that. Brian works over his leg. Like, that's real. And you can still do that because two of the three times he's hit the kick, he's pinned Brian with it. But it would just be, like, really easy and really per. If I'm nitpicking a little bit, I understand. But Sure. You know, it, it would be really, really good, I think, if they hadn't had Brian kick out. But, yeah, overall, it's definitely the hot hand. And I'm sure it wasn't their plan as of a week ago, but... I, you know, it's it's the right thing to do. We talked about it last week. If, even if he's not going to win the title right now, you've put a little bit of equity into him now. Give give him the shot. People want to see it. It's a B show that nobody's going to remember anyway. Go ahead. So they, I mean, it seems pretty likely that they are going to still tell the story that if Kofi hits the kick, it's over, and you'll just be punished for paying attention and remembering the elimination chamber. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more like more than likely, I think. Uh, Raw felt like a reset show. Hunter came out; he was like a babyface again this week. Mm-hmm. Bunch of NXT guys on the show for no reason. They de- debuted them in Lafayette, Louisiana, which. I- <laughs> Look, usually it's hard to it's hard to um, get upset with raw crowds when they get tired after like you know sitting there for ninety minutes or whatever of a three hour show. Blah 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 yeah. blah. This crowd was dead all night. <laughs> like, yeah, I think th- they thought they were coming to like uh, uh, Roddy Piper's wake or something. Like I, they can't have thought that they were coming to a wrestling mat to the wrestling <laughs> matches. Yeah, it was it was pretty quiet, even by uh, and and to some of the guys' credits, Ricochet did get a decent reaction by the end. You know, they reacted a little bit to the to <laughs> DIY at the end. They reacted a little bit to like three of the greatest workers in the business. Yes, I mean, as silly as that sounds, but there's a lot of people who got zero sound. It's true. So, it's true. You know, getting ten percent out of that crowd was was kind of impressive, honestly. I think the biggest reaction all night was for the DX Hall of Fame video package. You have thoughts on DX going in as a group? I know some people are upset that China's not going in as a single. Whatever. Uh, WWE Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> like, I, I, you're not wrong that this is like a way to squeeze her in so they don't have to hear about how she's not in anymore. Right. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I'm not saying that's not true, but like, come on, man. It's just the WWE Hall of Fame. It's not worth getting angry about. And and if we want to nitpick there too, I would just like you know, very few people have bad things to say about China as a person, but to call the last several years of her life, um, or to call her personal behavior in the last several years of her life a little bit erratic, <laughs> I th- I think would be generous. <laughs> yes. And she made some pretty serious accusations against Triple H, um, you know, saying that he was physically abusive towards her. And it's not as simple as, oh, 
she used to date Triple H, and because he's married to someone else now, and he's one of the people running the company, that's why they won't put her in as a single. Right. It's a little, it's a little more complicated than that, <laughs> and you know I don't, I don't care about the WWE Hall of Fame, but other than you know the ceremony every year is kind of like one of my favorite events of the year, just because it's wrestlers. Oh, it's, it's a nice night, and I don't yeah. begrudge anybody who's like excited about it or who who values it as like an affirmation of their careers. You're yeah. allowed, you know. I don't blame anybody for that, but. Don't you know when you look at who's in, who's not in? It's like it's just, yeah, it's it's who who they think they'll get either the least PR blowback on, or in some cases, it's a way to sneak people in in a group so they don't have to induct them. You know, so you don't have to really put the spotlight on them. Uh, maybe let's see what else stood out from Raw. Uh, I tweeted about this, but Ruby Riot and Ronda. They did their pay-per-view match uh, in the last hour of Raw to close the show. And it was really good. And Ruby Riot, she should coach at the Performance Center, ideally on her days off. But if not, <laughs> then uh, when she retires, she she does this thing that the really great ones do. And it's not like she's you know the flashiest worker in the world or anything. But she, whoever she's working with, she's going to have at least a, a passable match and usually mm-hmm. a good match with. If she's working with an idiot, she idiot-proofs the match. If she's working with somebody who can't do anything, all right, then she's going to take twice as many bumps to make mm-hmm. up for the fact that the other person can't work. She's going to do. She's going to figure out what the other person does best. In this case, Rhonda. It's like, oh well, Rhonda has like this crazy athleticism even if she hasn't quite figured out how to harness it in pro wrestling, aside from <laughs> doing her, her wacky submissions, I'm going to build a match around this wacky athleticism and it's going to be good. And it was so Ruby riot is just, she's really, really a fantastic worker. And because she's short and built kind of weird and looks kind of funny, I don't think she'll ever get her due in that company, but there you go. Yeah. I think, I think she has an opportunity and she's probably already fulfilling that role to an extent of being what Natalia was for a lot of the women over the last decade, which is we may never, you know, really go with Ruby as a star, but Ruby's going to work with every star. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because they know she's good. Like, I think they do value her in that way, but you're right that she will probably never get the real, admiration at least while she's an active wrestler i'm sure years later we'll hear you know when she goes into the wwe hall of fame one day (laughs) you know all of the wrestlers that worked with her will talk about you know how great she was but yeah no i think you're absolutely right she she's i can't think of a lot of bad ruby riot matches that i've ever seen if any smackdown smackdown this week was interesting they they set up the Usos and Shane and Miz again for Fastlane. We talked about Brian and Kofi at Fastlane. Mandy, Mandy Rose beat Asuka. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. now you're, you were lamenting the fact that Asuka hasn't been on TV uh, last week on the show. So this week, I guess they heard you, and they put Asuka on TV. I said, all right, you little son of a bitch. <laughs> they highlighted... 
they highlighted her her one of her weaknesses by having her do a promo in English. Her promo in English was better than Mandy's promo in English, for the record. That's fair. That's fair. Mandy came out, cut. Well, how would you, how would you just handicap the entire Oscar and Mandy segment from SmackDown this week? <laughs> well, I just have them both talk, and Mandy cut a, uh, I don't know, first day of wrestling school promo. Yeah, and then they had a pretty boring match, and then a not very good finish, and then Mandy rolled her up and pinned her. Yeah. So what a heck of a I, and I get it. Like, okay, we need to set up a, a title match. We need to do something for Oscar, you know, to build the challenger. It's again on paper, none of this is necessarily bad. It was more the execution. I thought. Yeah, it's not. I didn't have as big a problem with it as you did. I don't think like Oscar has to lose sometimes. I guess um, <laughs> since well, since that die is cast when she's <laughs> I don't know if you remember Ethan she tapped out the biggest star in the company clean with her hold at the Royal Rumble. Do you remember that? I mean, I watched it and then I heard her say it tonight, and I still forgot. <laughs> right. So. And then she just wasn't on TV for a month. So when you have her coming back as an afterthought, maybe she could have beaten somebody low on the card. Bring in a local jobber. Just have her destroy somebody and you remind everybody what a badass she is. And then also on the show, because you got two hours, uh, you have Mandy just beat, have her beat Naomi again, since they love doing that. Or have her beat Carmella, or have her beat whoever, or have yeah Mandy beat a local competitor. It doesn't matter because it's fake, and you can do whatever you want. And then next week you do the Mandy and Oscar match, and next week Mandy cheats, and and uh, you know gets an underhanded victory, and then you do your match. Don't just you leave her off the show for a month. You bring her back and then immediately beat her. I don't think they got the maximum impact out of this. Speaking of impact, Eric Young was also on the show. <laughs> um, Look at that guy getting on TV. Yeah, apparently for the first time since September. I didn't fact check that, but I I read that on Twitter. Didn't so. he come out with Nikki when she lost to Becky on the UK shows? No idea whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I guess that would throw a wrench in that. Uh, but uh, to your point, I mean everything. I agree with everything you just said, but it would require them planning anything long term and aside right. from the rest aside from the WrestleMania main event, you know, they don't care about the SmackDown women's title and they don't care about getting some getting building up a credible challenger with, you know, like one or two wins on television <laughs> or, you know, reminding us that the champion beat the 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 top star in the company clean with her hold. And have her get a win, or you know they don't they don't care and they don't plan anything except the top stuff. Yeah, I know you're right, but like that's not it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. Similarly to how we always say how we shouldn't have to root for Johnny Gargano <laughs> and Ricochet to sit in Orlando because yeah. it's safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't have to just accept that. Well, they're lazy and they don't like. And they don't like to work hard or tell stories. So that's just how things are. It's like, come on, man. Like it's not 
That's not even my definition of working hard. I'm just asking you to do the bare minimum when you tell a story. I don't think that's a lot to ask. No, we're not sp- we're not splitting atoms here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Correct. And it it strikes me with the agent thing that goes on there too. And a lot of match layouts. It's like this is not brain surgery. Why are we doing? And you know, you want to do stuff so that the people sitting in the back row, you know, the top of the building and the upper deck can see it. I why the agent thing there is so bad. I I don't like know. why every match has a spot where a guy goes for a spear in the corner. And runs his shoulder into the post. Exactly. Drives me insane. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. What else here? Uh, New Japan's going to ruin my life some more this week. Uh, mm-hmm. On a rising shows. And Izka's retirement show. Holy. Mm. <laughs> just just for the record. If you're a, uh, if you're a praying individual. Say a prayer for me. Uh, Wednesday of this week. Uh, it's going to be one of the worst days of my life. Fair enough. <laughs> Work, work, work my uh, work my real job. Come home, write for like twelve hours. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a full plate. Um, I mean, Dalton Castle versus Will Osprey will probably be fun. I guess if Dalton can move, I don't know. I heard. Yeah, I, I guess that's a bit of a question mark. I, I haven't seen him work since he heard his back, but I heard he hasn't been the same since he heard his back. I, I saw him whenever he did. I happened to watch ROH TV the week they aired like his comeback match, and he was. I mean, it was a tag team match. He looked fine, but yeah, there was a time when that guy was like really something impressive, and that time seems to maybe have passed just because you know he's not. I mean, he's not. He's not as old as some of the people on that roster, but he's he's not as young as he as he was either. So I think yeah that. It's definitely uh, he's definitely maybe a little bit beat up, but hey, I I think him and Osprey could have something fun, and you get another round of Goto and Jeff Cobb. Mm. <laughs> I I like Goto. Yeah, I do too. I don't know that I like Jeff Cobb as a worker, but <laughs> I don't think I've seen enough Jeff Cobb to really honestly make a strong opinion but i do feel like he's like 37 yeah and if he was really all that great somebody would have made him their world champion in the last 10 years well he he started late but we'll see uh you mentioned watching roh recently i watched roh this week just to try just to try to um brush up a little bit before their uh honor rising shows with new japan this week just so i could before your life is ruined yeah before so i could at least you know talk somewhat intelligently about who's going to be on these shows that show man i don't they need help Roots <laughs> <laughs> robinson's got a baby face stable that's like four stables going on in there bully ray has a heel stable and then the main the main event segment on the show was jay lethal confronting juice robinson's stable or I guess Juice Robinson stable confronting Jay Lethal, yeah. and not inviting him to join their stable. So then for next week, I guess for the next show, Jay Lethal has to get a stable to wrestle Juice Robinson stable. I, okay. I just, and everyone in their promos is talking about how we need to rebuild Ring of Honor and 
it all sucks now and oh no <laughs> it's just like why <laughs> what do you need why do you need to rebuild like don't tell Isn't me that, that what like bringing in all of those guys you just signed was for right and they're they're all standing there i mean don't tell me that the that the because the bucks left <laughs> that you suck now like, yeah that's don't rough tell, don't tell me that <laughs> like, like it might be true but you know, make let allow me to make that determination. Don't just outright tell me anyway. Yeah, I mean, and we, we talked about this a little bit last week. They got their 17th anniversary show, and the matches I've seen announced are Matt Taven versus Jay Lethal for the ROH title and Marty Skrull versus Kenny King. And God <laughs> bless all those men, but those are all matches that you could have seen a year ago in Ring of Honor or two years ago in Ring of Honor or in most of their cases, five years ago in Ring of Honor. So it's like, if you have, why aren't, so like, I don't know, maybe do Jay Lethal versus Bandito or, you know, and I honestly, as far as I know, they haven't done Lethal and Skrull and maybe they're saving that for the MSG show, but it's like, that seems to me, like, why are we pushing Matt Taven? I just can't get over this. It's like the third week in a row we've buried Matt Taven on the show <laughs> and I'm sorry, maybe he's a nice guy, but I'm just, why, why? I'm just. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. But it's like you br- you bring in Brody King and PCO and Bandito and Rush and probably two or three other guys I can't think of right now. And you're it's like, all right, the new era and Juice Robinson's there and it's like, okay, and we're doing Jay Lethal and Matt Taven as the main event of our next pay per view and bully bully effing Ray a year after he ruined my life. The night before WrestleMania with that stupid cheeseburger and Flip Gordon segment. He's still he's still just floating around in yeah. uh, in Ring of Honor. Yeah. I guess uh I lost my train of thought. It doesn't matter. <laughs> None of this matters. It's had something to do with Ring of Honor, but who cares? Uh Bully Ray. Um it was before it Marty was, uh... J. Taven. Oh, right, right, right. I assume I assume that one of the reasons they're building around Taven is because they know he's going to be there, and they just assume that whenever Scrolls deals up, whether it's in a year, I don't know. I think he has. I don't know how much time he's left on his deal. I think it's about a year. But they just know he's going to be gone, and so they don't want to put all that much in Scroll. I I don't know. Like, I'm not. Trying to I mean, justify building around Matt Taven, I'm just explaining what the thought process might be. I, th- I can't believe that's the best option. And like again, <laughs> I understand you have pay per view to run, and then your real big show oh. is in is you know the night is the night before Main Year or whatever. I get that, but it's your it's your big anniversary show, and your main event is. Oh. Jay Lethal and Matt Taven. Another issue here too is the archaic way that they tape their television, and so that everything building for these pay per view events takes place like you know six weeks before the events. Right. Like on the show that I watched on let's see on February seventeenth, uh, the wrestlers were still saying Happy New Year in their promos because they taped it in the first week of January. Oh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. And I, I don't remember exactly when PCO's deal was finalized and all that, but it's like, well, they probably can't build with those guys yet because they <laughs> tape, you know, four or six weeks of television at a time, and they're, ugh. <laughs> it's, yeah. 
they just still can't decide whether Sinclair just can't decide whether or not they actually want to be in the wrestling business or if they actually <laughs> are in the wrestling business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our, and our Oasis is there trying to trap New Japan into a loveless marriage <laughs> by signing all these CMLL guys. Yeah, it sure seems that way. <laughs> sure seems that it's like, way. well, if you break up with me, you're breaking up with these with these guys too. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Well, final notes here as we're wrapping up. Any sure. any predictions for Cody's secret ultra super secret AEW? Uh, double or nothing opponent. Uh, I think it's Gold Dust, and I haven't checked with my super secret sources on that, but I assume it's Gold Dust. How about you? Yeah, I mean, like the way they framed it in the little video they showed. If it's not Gold Dust, like, aren't a lot of guys that Cody has history with that are like an equally like big epic moment that he can, you know. You know, Cody, for better or worse, you know, whether you like Cody in the ring or not, him winning the NWA title in the first all-in was a pretty gosh darn big moment, one of the more memorable parts of that show. So if you're building up, oh, this Cody's big match this time is a guy he's got some history with, it's like, well, I don't think it's going to be Hardcore Holly. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Ted Jr. Yeah. Yeah, like seems- outside of that, I mean, there's like the impact guys who he may have previously worked with, like you know, uh, you know, John, John Morrison or uh, <laughs> or one of them, but like none of those guys to me, you know, scream like, oh my god, what a what a big epic moment for Cody. Yeah. So yeah, I think Goldust is, uh, uh, you know unclear exactly what his what his current uh, status is with WWE but um yeah i mean that that makes as much sense as anything to me i guess we will find out in due time uh billy gunn WWE hall of famer working for AEW william gunn <laughs> going to teach the guys of AEW how to work yeah <laughs> he's going to teach pentagon how to work <laughs> He's going to tell him how to lay out a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what? Anyway. Okay. You got anything else you want to get into? No, I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of ground. Then, despite having nothing to talk about, we've talked for quite a while. And uh, if, if we just want to wrap up again on that positive note that I want to really nail home, if you're a heel and you want to know how to be a heel while not being boring, go watch Shayna Baszler, or if you want to eliminate the middleman, go watch Minoru Suzuki matches, and <laughs> that's, go watch Shayna Baszler and Minoru Suzuki matches, figure out how to be a heel who also isn't boring, and Shayna Baszler does a darn good job of that, so there's my thumbs up of the week, my, my positive note to end on. Good times. Till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon. More stories from the wrestling life. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. 
For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Maybe so. Uh, I was listening to um, <laughs> this is like a month ago. I was listening to uh, the Tony Schiavone podcast, <laughs> and uh, well, there's a reason why it was about a month ago, and it was like the first time I listened to it in six months before that. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Conrad's like uh, somehow Tori Wilson came up, and Conrad's like, "Yeah, you should go, uh, Tony. You should have you seen Tori lately?" <laughs> He's like, "No." Like she was a very pretty girl, you know, twenty years ago. He's like, uh-huh. you should, you should, you should go look at her Instagram, <laughs> and you just hear Tony Schiavone in real time, <laughs> you know, looking at her Instagram, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> how how is that possible? <laughs> it's like, I haven't seen her in twenty years. <laughs> like mm-hmm. she looks. She, Somebody, I saw somebody tweet the other day. Tori Wilson twenty years ago was a ten. Tori Wilson today is an eleven. I don't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think just maybe living a life with no stress can do that for somebody. Yep. Dating a Rod, probably getting a settlement <laughs> when they broke up. So uh, not signing a non-disclosure, getting a small financial settlement. Hmm. Uh, you know, working out twice a day and that pretty much being your job to work out twice a day. Mm-hmm. Throw in maybe a, a, some tasteful cosmetic procedures on your face and boom. Yeah, got me, man. Hey, God bless her. Yeah. She's a, I really like Tori Wilson. <laughs> like most, uh-huh. like most people's, you know, if, if it's been your job to be good looking for <laughs> your entire career, that's usually about the depth that there is to a lot of people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel like with her, like she has like, she leads her Instagram followers in prayer. Sometimes she like posts videos where it's like, please pray with me, dear Jesus, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's okay. like, there's some, there's some depth there. It's like, she's a sweet person. Like I sure. Oh. Good. God bless her. You know, Kevin Nash once referred to her as if, if I was not married, she would be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> So Kevin Nash said that in a shoot video once. <laughs> Tremendous. Oh, man. Did you see Kevin Nash's tweet about Valentine's Day the other day? Yes. Being Happy a Hall- Thursday. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting worked by Hallmark or whatever. 
<laughs> most Kevin Nash tweet of all time. Love it. He, he may not be our uh, individual favorite wrestlers, but as a show, uh, collectively, he's TWL's favorite wrestler. Kevin Correct. Nash. Long, long-standing uh, TWL favorite wrestler. Yeah, I haven't had a cold in like five years, and this, uh-huh. is, this is like your third of the season. Yeah, it seems to happen. I mean, I was really sick in like November. Like, I mm-hmm. definitely should have gone to a doctor and didn't. Right. So I was just sick for a month. But then the, these two recent ones both occurred right when we had those like really drastic weather shifts. Right. Like when we went from like 30 up to 60. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just, you know, our, when it gets warmer, the allergies act up and then I'm still weak from previous sicknesses so it's like i'm more prone to like sinus infections and stuff i don't know but i see yeah it hasn't been fun i'm gonna be honest with you no it doesn't sound doesn't sound like a good time i give it i give it about one star on yelp <laughs> i'd say yelp ratings being eternally ill one star <laughs> <sighs> So Manny got his deal. He did. You know, I'm going to say some uh, sports talk guy, uh, Colin Cowherd, like cliches about it right now, if that's okay with you. Sounds great. I think all too often, players forget that their agents work for them and not the other way around. Mm. So Manny and his wife, who both reportedly wanted to be in New York, Whatever. Like, I, I don't even know if the Yankees made an offer. I don't, kept hearing the last couple of days it was going to be short term. And why would you do that? You know, whatever. Okay. So New York's not the place. The Padres are just in a perpetual rebuild. Like, sure. like the, I don't know what they're doing. You know, they yeah, they got 10 of the top 100 prospects right now or whatever. It's like, okay, but we're in like... Under the current GM there, AJ Prowler or whatever his name is, they're in like their third rebuild cycle already. <laughs> right. And he's only been there for like four years or something. Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. So it's like, well, then he just went for the highest guarantee. Like you can't t- here here's what I don't understand. What's the difference between two hundred and fifty million dollars and three hundred million dollars? <laughs> I mean like unless you're getting, you know, 5% or whatever the agent's cut is of the 250 million or of a 300 million. Like right. So go win go win baseball games if that's what you care about. Now, if it's just like, you know, San Diego is one of the most beautiful cities in the country, I want to go live on, you know, where the weather's warm in a beautiful city, blah 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 blah, whatever. But you can't tell me you picked San Diego Padres because you think you're going to win a lot of games in San Diego. Right. He does have the opt-out. He, Machado, has a player opt-out after five. So Correct, yeah. It's like I mean, he can go make money and live in San Diego for five years, and then if he gets hungry to win a championship, then he can go to Chicago or New York or wherever. Yeah, and I guess maybe you know the playing field will be different in five years, but I don't know, man. They got to – they have to – in the next CBA – and. Tony Clark is really doing a crappy job as president of the baseball union for the players. Like, mm-hmm. and then the next deal, they need to cut the amount of service time needed before arbitration slash free agency. 
Like it's six, it's six years and you can gimmick it and get a seventh year. Right. Okay. So, so the guy's, you know, if he went to college, he's 29 before he hits free agency. <laughs> yeah. Like, and we're, we're in a climate where we are learning basically that players value greatly diminishes after 30. So <laughs> that's, you know, they really, they really got to try to cut, cut some time off that. Agreed. That that seems more than fair. I don't, I don't know. It's 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 funny listening to people talk about this on on sports talk radio. As we mentioned, the hundred year old man Brent Harris was on the fan today talking about <laughs> it, and I just like it's like every team can. Af- I forget. I forget his name. David Roth, I think, wrote a piece okay. where he's just like every team can afford it. Like right. every any team can sign anybody. They just have to decide they want to spend that money. Right. And then figure out as a team how they make up that revenue somewhere else. Like that's and they will make it up because they'll sell jerseys, they'll sell TV rights fees, whatever else. Right. But so that was it's like, yeah, you're gonna give a guy ten years because right, that's what that's the only thing his agent would sign for. All right. Right. You're gonna right. not you're you're going to tell oh we only wanted to give Manny Machado 7 years and so we didn't sign him right it's like yeah if if you want the player you pay the price like that that's, that's the deal right and with like with Stan like with everybody else you just put in a little opt out and then every if everybody's not happy we can go our separate ways in a few years sure but the opt out, by the way, greatest thing that ever happened to players. Like, right. <laughs> make make imagine a bunch if Giancarlo Stan had to play for the Miami Marlins for ten years. Nuts. Well, I mean, that was a trade deal, though. I mean, that's right. They did trade him, didn't they? Yeah, because uh, the Cardinals had a trade worked out, and then issued a, a pissy press release about how. <laughs> he vetoed the trade to them. <laughs> it's like when uh, when AJ jumped to WWE and TNA complained <laughs> that they had a handshake deal with him and Gallows. Yes, yes. Hey, you know, publicizing <laughs> that they got left at the altar. Yes. Hey, <laughs> we got spurned and we're mad about it. <laughs> really? Ugh. All right. God said it I try to keep on keeping on.